Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to, in the next few moments, talk to you about cultivating a spirit of revelation. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit. It could also be, the definite article is not in the Greek, but uh, most, especially Pentecostal scholars will say it's talking about the Holy Spirit may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation or a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I want you to think about this for a moment. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. It's really one of the greatest churches of the New Testament era. You remember Paul goes there and as Paul preaches, there's a massive revival. People are burning their witchcraft scrolls and and getting rid of their idols, so much so it alarms the idol makers in the city and, and they cause a riot. But there's this massive revival and it's spreading across all of Asia Minor so that uh, it's it's well known throughout the province of Asia as hundreds of thousands of people are being impacted by the message of Christ with signs and wonders following some of the biggest miracles in the New Testament are happening there at Ephesus. This is a church, Paul, it's the only church, in fact, Paul never corrects in in his writing to them. So as Paul is praying for them, what is it that Paul wants them to have? What is it that Paul would ask God to do for them? He asked that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Even a strong church needs a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's praying that they'll be empowered by the Spirit of God And the purpose of that empowerment is that along with everything else, because he's going to talk to them about spiritual warfare, he's going to talk to them, uh, unfold to them the plan of God and salvation and so many wonderful truths, but he's praying that they're going to have the ability to perceive spiritually what God is doing. When we're talking about revelation, what we're talking about is When God speaks to our hearts concerning the situations and the circumstances, we might even add the seasons that we face in life. That God does not want us to go through life stumbling around. We may not be able to know everything that God is doing, but we can have a sense of what God is doing. We may not have an immediate answer in our heart of what God wants to do, but we can seek him and have a revelation of how God wants to use us in a situation. As a pastor, I need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. As a husband, I need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. As a dad, as a grandfather, As a person 
who is a part of this community. As a follower of Christ, I need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Every single Christian needs this ability to hear from God, to be prompted by God, to be led by God. Not just occasionally, but as often and as much as we can. Revelation is specific knowledge from God that helps us to carry out his will in our life and in the lives of others in a way that will lead to his blessing. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, without revelation, people run wild. In other words, without revelation, People make a lot of mistakes. Without revelation, without understanding what God is doing, people will invariably take turns in their life that lead them away from the blessing and purpose of God for their life. Now, the Holy Spirit is the member of the Godhead who lives in us, who reveals God to us, and who gives us revelation. We know that because in John chapter 14 and verse 26, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said this, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. That's revelation. So like you're, you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's putting words in your mind, in your heart, in your mouth. In fact, have you ever been in a conversation as you're talking, maybe the person's asking a question and you're saying, oh Jesus, help me. And then you start to talk and you are, you're just like almost amazed. You're like, wow, that is really, really good. You know, I mean, you're just thinking as you're saying it. Wow, I wish I had a tape recorder. I wish, you know, this is awesome. That's revelation. The Holy Spirit reveals God's word to us. He reminds us of God's word. He reveals the meaning of God's word. So you can have a, a scripture jump off the page and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit applies it to your life for the situation, the circumstances, and the season of your life. And it feeds your soul and makes you strong. That's revelation. All of us benefit from it. All of us need it. In John chapter 16, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Not just the truth of the Bible, but the, I mean, a word of knowledge. What's happening in somebody's life? A word of wisdom, how to apply that knowledge in their life. He can guide you and give you a discernment of spirits. That's truth. What's motivating a person? What kind of spirit is behind that illness? It's the spirit of revelation. God works that through the Holy Spirit. He'll not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Where has he heard it? From God. In the throne room of heaven. The Holy Spirit is literally taking what he hears in the throne room and making it known to you and I. It's amazing. He will tell you about the future. He will put things in your heart regarding what he wants to do in your life for the future. Could be next week, could be next year, could be in the next decade. Revelation. What God is doing, how God wants to work as God begins to speak. He'll bring me glory, listen to this, by telling you Whatever he receives from 
me. In verse 15, look at it. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Holy Spirit will take what is mine and make it known to you. What is it that is Jesus? Power, authority. He's going to take power. He's going to take authority. Jesus said, all authority on earth in heaven and earth is mine. Therefore, go. He gives us authority. He gives us power. He sends us out just like he sent out the 12, just like he sent out the 70. He sends us out. The Holy Spirit reveals to us what God is doing in this season that we're in. He knows God's heart for us. He leads us into an understanding of what God has for us. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of revelation. And we benefit from it in a big way if we're aware this is something God wants to do. Revelation will do the following things for us. Number one, it personally transforms us through our encounters with God. Listen, as you have God revealing stuff to you, it changes you. It, it makes life different for you. You approach life differently. You lean in more to God. Once you taste the Spirit of the Lord working in your life in that way, you don't ever want to go back. Because you see the value, you see the power, you see how it not only transforms your life, but how God uses it in the lives of others. Second, it releases our faith to believe for things God wants to do. So what happens is, as we grow in our wisdom and our revelation, we grow as well in our faith to believe God to do those things which when we were starting out would have seemed impossible. Listen, as you get used to hearing the voice of God and sensing the prompting of God, you begin to respond more rapidly to those things. Why? Because your faith is stronger. You're no longer arguing with yourself. Is that me or is that God? I wonder, you know, I can't see him. You know, if you spend all your time debating whether the promptings are from the Lord, you're not going to get as much done as if you just do what he asks you to do. Number three, it results in a greater anointing of the spirit on our life. A.W. Tozer said, God speaks to the, the person who listens. When you and I are responsive to the Lord, we're going to find that God is going to respond to us and prompt us more often. So the question is, and just quickly, how do we cultivate this in our life? How do we cultivate a spirit of wisdom and revelation in our life? I'm going to give you just five things really, really quick. Number one, obey what you know. Obey what you know. If we want revelation, if we want to know the unrevealed will of God, then we have to obey what we already know, which is the revealed will of God. After all, why would God tell you about things? Why would he talk to us about things we don't know if we're not doing anything with what we do know? The place to grow in revelation is to take care of the things we already know. 
Whatever it is we know we ought to be doing, we ought to do it. Clarity comes to the one who is busy doing the will of God. Willingness attracts revelation. The more willing you are, the more active you are, the more revelation you'll have. We, we should understand that clearly from Jesus' teaching. He said this, whoever has, talking about the parables, talking about God's revelation, truth, whoever has, to him, more will be given. If you have understanding, if you are active in pursuing it, you're going to get more. But to the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. You can actually, listen, it's not a static place hearing from God, uh, being led by God, being prompted by God. We are either growing in our ability to hear from him, being led by him, or we're, moving, we're pulling back from that. And it all comes down to what we do with what we know. Because a willing heart, honestly, is good soil for God to plant his seeds in, right? So ask yourself this, are there things God has spoken to your heart in the past that he's asked you to do? Are you doing them? Even right now, as I'm saying that, you're watching online, you're at Joplin, uh, you could be hearing something, or you could be hearing me say that, and right away the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, and he's saying, hey, remember, I asked you to do this. Remember, I asked you to get involved in ministry in the church, not to just sit on the sideline. Remember, I asked you to start praying with your spouse. Remember, I asked you to start tithing. Remember, I asked you to go to that person you wronged and ask them to forgive you. Remember, you forgot, but God didn't. I mean, what is it that God has spoken to your heart that he has revealed to you? Take care of it and watch revelation increase in your life. If you want revelation, obey what you know. Number two, learn to meditate on God's word. Learn to meditate on God's word. Joshua 1.8, we've looked at it several times. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. God will help you when you're meditating on his word. So meditation in the biblical sense, in Eastern, Eastern mysticism or Eastern religion, meditation is emptying your mind to a point of nothingness. In the Bible, it's filling your mind full, not of nothingness, but of God and thoughts of God and thoughts of his word so that you're thinking about it, you're meditating on it, you, you have a verse and you live in it, you, you process it, you don't let go of it. It could be something you heard on Sunday, it could be something you read in your Bible, it could be something, you know, so what I do is I take screenshots of scripture as I'm reading, as I'm reading it, that just jumps off the page. And then through the day, I'm going back and looking at the pictures of the scripture I took and I'm thinking about it. I'm meditating on 
on it. I'm saying, God, I, I felt you've set your hand on that verse. What are you saying to me? What is that verse saying in that setting? How is that applying to my situation? I'm meditating on it. I'm thinking on it. I'm, I'm filling my mind with it. As you meditate on the word of God, what happens is you will receive revelation that will build your life. Consequently, you'll be prosperous and successful. That when you and I are, are receiving insight from God, he is directing the steps and the paths of our, of our life. Meditate on it. Psalm 77, I love this. I call to remembrance my song in the night. You know, some of you, and we're going to talk a couple times here on people who don't sleep well at night. Could it be that God has a purpose in you being awake? You know what happens to a lot of people? You wake up in the middle of the night, you know you got a big day, you're thinking, I got to get back to sleep. As soon as you start thinking that, man, it's, it's game on if you're trying to go back to sleep because it's like now, now all of a sudden you're worked up because you can't go back to sleep. And then you're frustrated. And then you're watching the clock when you could be meditating. When perhaps what God is wanting to do is do a work in you and he will give you enough rest in the remainder of the night or in what you've gotten to fulfill what you need to do that day. But he wants to do something in you so he can do something through you. But it's going to start with you talking to him, meditating on him, interacting with him. Listen, I call to remembrance my song in the night. So maybe it's a scripture or maybe it's a song that you hear us sing and, and, and you look it up and you've got it on, on your Apple playlist or Spotify or whatever it is that you use and, and now all of a sudden you're listening to that worship music and as that worship mu music is happening, you're meditating on the Lord. That's what he's talking about. Oh, I know they didn't have Spotify in that day. But... I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. So in the middle of the night, in the watch of the night, you're meditating, you're thinking about God. And as you think on that song or you think on that scripture, it quiets your heart and God in that moment reveals himself to you and it sets you up to function in a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Number three, live by faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. Faith is based on the invisible realm. This is why we've got to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation because so much of what's happening in life is not visible to the physical eye. We have to have God reveal it to us. We have to have God show us. He delights in doing that. I mean, that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where it says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. He's not talking about heaven. I think it's verse 9. The next verse says, but he's revealed it to us. How? By his spirit. A spirit of revelation. 
You can't see it with your eyes. You can't hear it with your ears. It's not entered in your heart and your mind through natural imagination. But God, by the Spirit, wants to give you revelation to know what you couldn't know, to understand what you can't humanly understand to have a sense of what God is doing and what God wants to do. So we live by faith, not by sight. Faith operates or it starts from the invisible and then impacts the visible. I mean, Jesus, listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 5. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Did you see that? Jesus saw the invisible, and it gave him revelation to impact the visible. When we learn to walk by faith, not by sight, we understand there is an invisible world that is a very real world. We learn to, to not only you know, get caught up in a lot of foolish speculation about it, but to understand that there is a spirit realm, God speaks to us, and what happens in the spirit realm and what happens in the physical realm are very closely linked. Faith understands this in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. We're walking by faith. We can't see. That's why we need a spirit of revelation. It gives us a certainty even when we can't see it physically. Let me give you a fourth one. Give God your night. Give God your night. Debbie and I, and it's one of the changes we made in the last few months, we purposed that we would give God the night. You know, if you think about, if you think about the Hebrew day, the Hebrew day starts when? It starts at sunset. Starts with the night. And what we do with the night determines what happens with the day. Debbie and I have purposed that at the end of the day, we want to give our time and our thoughts to him in his presence. Amen. That I don't want to go to sleep with neutral things in my mind or negative things in my mind. I don't want to go to bed with the news on my mind or Netflix on my mind. I want to go to bed with him on my mind. A lot of people waste their time, and you, and you wonder why you can't sleep. You wonder why you have these wacky dreams. It's because you're binging on Netflix. Give God your night. We want to go to sleep with our hearts stirred by the Holy Spirit. We want to go having sensed his presence on our hearts, on the room we're in, we want to go to bed having prayed together, having held hands, having asked God to do certain things. We would at times pray this, prayed it last night. Lord, the night is yours. And we're yours. And if at any moment you want to wake us up because there's things you want to speak to us or you want to reveal to us, Lord, have your way. 
because time with you is more valuable than a good night's sleep. The Song of Solomon says this, I sleep but my heart is awake. It is the voice of my beloved, he knocks saying. God knocks on the door of your heart while you're sleeping. Have you prepared yourself for the door to be open? Has it entered your mind that maybe things that God wants to do in you will be best done when he doesn't have to battle through your conscious mind? That there are things he can pour in you while you're asleep that maybe you're not even aware of it until suddenly you, you look back and you realize God's doing something. I would suggest to you the more you practice this, the more you realize the value of it. God loves to visit us in the night, all of us. He loves to give us instruction that would be hard for us to receive during the day. Job says this in Job 33, for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. Then what is, where does Job say he speaks? He speaks in dreams and visions of the night. I would suggest to you the, the night is one of God's primary times of speaking to people. This is what this is saying. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie on their beds, he whispers in their ears. Give God your night. Let God talk to you. Don't be afraid of being up at night. God can show you things. God can give you insight during the night that you'll never get in the day period. You say, why is that? I don't know. Ask him. I just know it's true. I know there are things that he speaks at night. He whispers in your ear. Finally, become a friend of God. Become a friend of God. Did you know God shares secrets with his friends? Jesus said this in John 15, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. What does that mean? Jesus is confiding in his friends. Since I've told you everything the Father told me, so as the Father's telling the Son, the Spirit's listening, and the Son is or the Spirit is telling us, right? I love the message, uh, Psalm 25, verse. 14, God, friendship is for God worshipers. Are you a God worshiper? I'm not talking about do you, do you attend worship service? I'm asking when you're not in church, do you worship God? Are there times when you're just in his presence? When it's just you and him? And you're just in his presence because you love him so much that you enjoy being with him. And just to be in his presence 
is something that you would feel is the most valuable thing you can do. God, friendship is for God worshipers. They're the ones he confides in. God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you worship him. I, I, I hope that, you know, listen, I, I'm not against some of the secular music. Some of it, I think, is horrible and creates battles in people's lives that would be totally unnecessary. Places thoughts in people's discontent with their marriage, discontent, creates a fantasy world, creates all kinds of things. But, you know, I mean, some of it's fine, but I'm just saying what you fill your mind with is what you get. And you can fill your mind with the, with the Lord and with worship, and it will result in God revealing himself to you in ways you never imagined possible. I'm just saying, God wants to reveal himself to you. And when he does, it is more valuable, it is more powerful, it is more meaningful, it is more precious than anything else that you could ever have, that you would compare it to. Some of you, honestly, I mean, parents with children, one of the things you need to do, some of you are in places where you don't know what to do in your home life, in your marriage, and you're with your kids, with situations and circumstances. You need a spirit of wisdom and revelation, but you're not gonna get it if you've got, if, if, you're, if you're never giving time for God to speak to you, right? So, we got time for God to speak to us, right? And I really believe this. I believe the Lord wants to take this word, put it in our heart, but I believe God wants to speak to people. I, there's one other thing, that, one other place that I think we get revelation, and it's here at the altar. That when you and I come into the presence of the Lord, there's something about our act of faith in saying, I need what only you can provide that causes God to do something in us, whether we feel it at the exact moment or not, I mean, I've had many times where I was in the altar and the next day realized the night before God had done something in my life. So if you need insight, wisdom, you need God to reveal himself to you, I'd like to just invite you to step out and come down. Let's all stand right now.